Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, September 12th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, the former number one overall pick, the last number one overall pick to win his debut game. He's an 11-year NFL vet who may have faced more pressure than any quarterback in NFL history, once sacked 76 times in a single season. That is still the single season NFL mark. Why do I bring that up? Because today there may be no one more qualified to talk about the biggest story in our football world than you. Please welcome David Carr back to the pod. Thanks, buddy. That's it? Just thanks, buddy? Well, I, I, I no, heard gonna clapping. Stone cold silence I heard me? like no, podcast good. Good. insert thanks, clapping. And so I didn't want to over. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's go ahead and insert some clapping here. There you go. Oh, very nice. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. And on today's show, (laughs) we will recap a mostly thrilling. Uh, And, of course, a last game chilling week one in the NFL. We will name check some guys who thoroughly deserve it. In fact, let's do a little bit of that now because you cannot tell the story of week one without saying the names Micah Parsons and Dan Quinn. Parsons coming! Parsons got him! Tua Tonga-Vailoa and Tyreek Hill. Puts it to the corner and it's caught! Tyreek Hill touchdown! Jordan Love and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones electrifying 35-yard touchdown reception. Wow! Matt Stafford and a kid named Puka. Puka Nakua going out of bounds. The rookie's over 100 yards in his debut. Christian McCaffrey. Diving for the end zone. Touchdown! See. MC Calvin Ridley caught for the touchdown Calvin Ridley his first score as a Jaguar and a kid named Derek Carr throws to the end zone again wide open and that is going to be a touchdown to Rashid Shaheed what a pass okay we're going to go rapid fire questions to get David's thoughts on week one in a moment but first what else 
this. The devastation of an Aaron Rodgers injury to start the game. Aaron Rodgers went from hard knocks to hard luck in two words that when paired together create a worst case scenario, torn Achilles. It's not good. David Carr, when you saw the now poignant and painful image of Aaron Rodgers taking a seat on the MetLife turf, his face twisted not by anguish, but no. by something that looked like resignation. Yeah. What did you think? What did you say? That was terrible. I think it, yeah, his face said it all, right? It was, it was kind of interesting how he just sat there. And even my wife was like, is he not in pain? I'm like, no, he, he is def definitely in pain, but it's a different kind of pain. Like the leg pain and whatever he's feeling in his Achilles is irrelevant. He just knows that what everyone else will soon find out that the the season that the Jets had hoped to have had is now over. And there, I can't imagine how many thoughts were going through his head at that time because he's played football long enough. He knows when it's not a it's not a high ankle sprain. And so the amount of emotion that he must have been feeling at that time was probably overwhelming. I think um, it's really interesting when you watch the hard knocks this year. And we talked about this in our meeting a little bit earlier. I had a really uneasy feeling with the amount of pressure and amount of, I don't know, just gravity and weight that was on one guy, even for the inside the Jets building. It was almost like uncomfortable to me because I, I lived in a world with Tom Coughlin and the Giants where it was never about one person, but the Jets made it about one person, you know, and to the Jets credit, to their players credit, they didn't play like that the rest of the game. No, they didn't. They rallied defensively. They played incredible. Running game was still there. Offensive line is leaky. But Zach, I thought, did a good job. I mean, for a guy that probably didn't get any reps, probably didn't even know what the hand signals were that he was that Aaron was using with Garrett Wilson. He went out there, and I thought he threw the interception, but he battled, man. He made some great plays in a leaky pocket, even on third down were some of his biggest plays, to find a way to put him in position to win the football game. So, man, it's a credit to the team. Uh, they do have a good group. I'm kind of torn because it's like there was so much put on Aaron. You know, and now what do you do as Robert Solid? You stand up in front of that team meeting today. It's like, we don't, we don't have the guy that everyone's been raving about, that everyone's talking about, that this is going to save our franchise. You know, and the, the feelings that Zach probably has are, are torn as well. Like, he probably looked at it like, oh, my gosh, four plays in, I'm back, and I'm the guy? Aaron said that I was going to be the guy in, like, three years. <laughs> I'm the guy right now. Crazy emotion, man. But um, you got you to gotta press on, just like I'd go back to my time with the Giants. Someone's got to carry the flag. It's Zach Wilson. It's a team game. They obviously showed they, they're capable of doing that. They're going to they're gonna make quarterbacks' lives, to use Zach Wilson's phrasing, hell for the, for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's, a, that's a tough defense. Yes, it is. So they can find a way. I thought Nathaniel Hackett was brilliant on the sideline with Zach. You know, last year we saw Zach throw interceptions. He kind of go in the tank. But Nathaniel kind of had a smile on his face. Kind of slapped yeah, him on the back of the head. Pick. Yeah, Yeah. He was really he was really the man for the moment, Nathaniel. Yeah, Hunter it was great. Was. It was a great moment, and I think that that can be something that, you know, for a, for a guy, Zach is probably on the edge of disaster as far as his confidence level, and he was just getting that back through training camp and hanging around with Aaron and learning. You know, I kind of said it, and you picked up on it, but if Aaron decides to to be around the team still, that's a seventy five million dollar quarterback coach that just might be worth it. Wow, you know that I think that can really help Zach through this. So it'll be interesting. David, you often enlist the hopeful phrase miracle of modern medicine in moments like this. And mm -hmm. yet, you, as you just reminded us, in all your years watching, playing, and now analyzing the game of football, you have never seen one player burdened with such a heavy load of expectation nope. and hope, the likes of which you just talked about with regards to how even hard knocks 
was shot this year. Mm -hmm. So in a way, we never really have had a moment quite like this. Now, there are precedents for miracles that you and I probably believe in, but they tend not to involve about to be 40-year-old guys who contemplated retirement before this season even started. What does your gut tell you about Aaron Rodgers' future in football is it as a player or is it as for the time being at least a 75 million yeah. quarterbacks coach as you just said well I, th- I think that he's gonna he's gonna battle all that for the next few hours days maybe even weeks he probably doesn't know either i don't think that he foresaw this um it's so shocking that even if you thought injury and i'm out for a few weeks i'll be back zach can play you never think career ending or season ending injury as a player. You just don't, you don't ever let your mind go there. But if, if I, if I'm looking at Aaron and what we've learned over the, I've known, I've known Aaron for a long time. I, I spent a lot of time with him in his first three or four years in the league. I have to believe that he's going to try to find a way back that may border on the miraculous. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he tries to envision a scenario where he jogs back on the field in the playoffs. I think that I know people are going to say it's crazy. It's Achilles. It's a year. Look, man, I just know that if Aaron is anything, he's maybe a little bit forward thinking. Maybe he's going to tap into, you know, some of the things and relationships that he has to try to press this healing process. I wouldn't I wouldn't put that out of the, the realm of possibility for him. If the fire is burning brightly enough, let's say months into this rehabilitation, which you say is minimum a year. Is, is I think that's what they're saying is okay. a year, but that's like... That's with anything. That's you kind know? of the stock. That's the it's standard stock. torn Achilles. We see guys come back from ACLs now in like three or four months. Okay, but let's say the the fire is burning brightly enough and the inner voice in Aaron Rodgers is saying things like, I ain't going out like this. Mm-hmm. What a story that would be. Incredible. But of course, that is forward thinking yeah. as you just talked about. Let's look more immediately. Mm-hmm. Is there something to this or am I overstating it? that based on the preponderance of expectation that was placed on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers and that the Jets, maybe to their detriment, were willing to do as well to Mm -hmm. put that pressure, that spotlight on this quote-unquote savior in Aaron Rodgers, is his sudden absence, could it act something like a pressure release? And with that pressure gone, that now the Jets are back to being the Jets, expectations are suddenly lower they're more reasonable yeah could that actually serve as a an interesting kind of catalyst for a galvanization of spirit and resources and maybe i'm not suggesting that they could ever be better without aaron Rodgers, but could it serve them in a way that is potentially unexpected yeah that's an interesting point that you bring up and i would say that they're in even in the small sample size of what we saw in the four snaps I would say that there's merit to that. You know, our our colleague Michael Robinson doesn't think that what he saw in the first four snaps, which is such a small sample size, was very good from Aaron. And I'm not going to be here and bash a guy that just tore his Achilles and the Jets' season is now possibly up in flames. But but when Zach entered the game, he was still behind a leaky offensive line, which that's what they were going to be, you know, all year. That is just what they're working through. But I think that he he is in a unique position and has the ability, if he can somehow harness the last several months and summer that he spent with Aaron 
and pull some of that knowledge and that veteran experience and bring that into his game. He has the unique skill set of being able to survive some of those situations. Like I saw him make some pretty good dynamic plays on third down, one of which led to uh, some points that ended up pushing them into a position to to be in position to win the game, you know, to Alan Lazard late in the game. He was almost falling over in the pocket. We saw Aaron fall over a couple times in a leaky pocket with some edge rushers on him with no real answer of where to throw the football. So I think that the Jets defensively are going to be elite. I think that their run game is going to be very good. And I think that Nathaniel Hackett and the time that they've spent developing this system with Aaron, if, if Zach can tap into that understanding at the line of scrimmage and if he's gained anything from Aaron that can make him better in those scenarios the pre-snap reads you know the ability to eliminate certain things before you take the snap so you can speed up the processing time I don't really want to judge him based on what we saw last night because it's that's tough he went into a place that man I've been in that scenario you're just trying to survive you don't your game plan you haven't taken a rep you don't even know what the signals are. Like Eli Manning used to have signal conversations with guys. I'd go into the game like, hey, what signal did he tell you? Like, what are we going to use down here? <laughs> and I mean, Hakeem Nix or Steve Smith or like Victor now, would be like, oh, we're going to do this. I'm like, Eli okay. Manning wasn't holding out on He wasn't. You. There just isn't the kind of choreography within a week for you to be privy to that you don't sort have of enough thing. Time. You don't have time. You don't have enough time. And there's so many things that happen like last minute. You know, Aaron could have literally been sitting in his locker and think, oh, I know if they play this, run over to Garrett, and he didn't have time to tell anybody. Right. I mean, I've been in scenarios where Kevin Gilbride, our offensive coordinator, has no idea what they're signaling. Yeah. He'd be like, hey, Dave, what's that signal? I'm like, I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> Good Lord. So it's like, that's, that's one of those things that they're going to have to, if Zach can pick up on that stuff and, and move this thing forward and take just 30% of that, that's going to make them 30% better. And I arguably, that's enough to get them in the playoffs. He was doubted as a starter, and yet his starting record i think was five and two or five and three mm -hmm. last year he didn't pass the eye test i think we can agree on yeah. that but the numbers are there to kind of support a case maybe not the case but a case for zach wilson as a winning quarterback in the nfl he was doubted as a starter but there he is tutored by one of the best to ever do it four-time mvp aaron Rodgers. as andy dufresne said to his friend <laughs> in shawshank redemption remember red hope is a good thing maybe the best of things and no good thing ever dies so you are in some ways offering hope david carr to jets fans and you kind of intimated something just a moment ago about zach wilson out of the pocket versus aaron Rodgers out of the pocket are you suggesting that there are plays that zach wilson can make that even a healthy aaron Rodgers can't look all I, what i'm saying is you can you can always rein someone in it's really hard to push someone forward and that's like let's andy Reid did with pat mahomes Pat was a wild stallion, and that's what Zach is. Right. He's, he's the same guy that went up to the press conference and said he threw interceptions because he was bored last year. Are you kidding me? Like, that's like a fireball offense. And he wasn't killed for it at all. He no, wasn't so, so I'm saying it's like, pressed for it at but all. Like, There's a right town to make those comments. Zach, well played, buddy. That's Zach, right? So if, you can, if, if he learned anything from a, from a veteran, from Aaron Rodgers is from a game management standpoint. If you learn anything over the last several months that he can take into his game, he has the raw ability. Like that's the hardest thing to, and Josh Allen has raw ability. We saw him made some pretty bad plays yesterday. You know, Zach didn't make that many bad plays comparable. So I absolutely think there's hope for sure.
You mentioned veteran quarterback. Obviously, you were talking about Aaron Rodgers, but that is one of the questions on the table for the Jets right now. Do you see value in going and getting a veteran quarterback, or do you show the utmost faith in Zach Wilson and just stick with the kid? Yeah, I don't think that there's anybody out there, including myself, that could come in and do anything there. I've seen you throw. You can still know, zip it. But kid. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like Matt Ryan would be it. Like, I love all these guys I'm about to name, but I love them. I love these guys. But Matt Ryan's not going to do anything. Carson Wentz isn't going to do anything. Like, there's nobody. The big name has been mentioned. I'm sure, name. yeah, but is there, what are the chances? They're going to rip his name right off the wall in Foxborough if he comes jogging into there with yeah. Green. And he's uh, done. That he's, name is Tom Brady in yeah, case Brady. anybody has been living under a rock yeah, for but the that's, last 22 that's years. That's just, I, I would, I mean, I might be crazy, but I'm rolling the dice with Zach. With a with a Aaron Rodgers mentorship over the last couple months, I'm rolling the dice with Zach. Translation, David Carr sees silver linings in this cloud. Look for them, Jets fans. They are there and i see a reason for jets fans to be an even better more committed and more defiant and proud version of what they've always been mm -hmm. a band of brothers that never expected saviors and smooth waters Love and it. shortcuts to greatness to be a jet now more than ever means to rely on what you have and what you are and what you've always been resilient Resolute, with a bully defense and a badass running back, a coach with fire in his eyes, yep. and a stadium that deserves to hear renewed roars in the weeks to come, not the echoes of roars that were silenced by shock and misfortune on Monday night. Jets fans, make us green with envy to be a member of your crew. Gang green with envy. Don't let chicken little sky-falling critics who lie in the weeds and wait put you off. You're 1-0. Have a look. You're off to a perfect start. Can't wait to see where you go from here. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug right, needed. Let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. With me today, the Super Bowl champion, the former number one overall pick, David Carr. And the next topic is titled, There Were Other Games in Week One. Let's get to them. 
Do they have a mercy rule in the NFL? You got to keep playing. Cowboys 40, Giants 0. Dan Quinn, David, gets Coach of the Week honors for me. But what about your Giants? What's the better plan of attack here? Burn the film or learn from the film? Yeah, burn it. I didn't see anything schematically that you could you could go in and say, guys, if we just fix this, they got beat physically. You know, there it was just physical errors that happened. You know, you have you got the block kick, you have the ball that bounces off Saquon up in the air for a pick six. As soon as you turn around, it's it's dumping rain. Saquon's sitting on a wet MetLife field, and you're down three scores. And at that moment, everybody wanted to go home. So. I think I've been in those scenarios, unfortunately, and that's 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 so hard to pull yourself out of that mindset. And they tried to battle. I mean, they left Daniel Jones in the game for way too long, you know, for me. But I think I think you burn that tape and you realize that, okay, the Dallas Cowboys on defense are a different animal. And with Micah Parsons out there, we are just going to have to play perfect. Otherwise, we aren't going to have a chance. And so it could have been 40. It could have been four to nothing. It didn't matter. They were going to lose that football game. So regroup, go back, try and get a win. And I think the Giants still win 10 games this year. You know, they're going to play the, they're going to play the Cowboys again. They're going to play Philly. It's going to be tough. But pass protection, some teams just don't match up well. And right now, the Giants do not match up well with what Dan Quinn is doing. And Micah Parsons is playing nose guard. He's on the three technique. He's playing defensive end. He's stunning. They didn't have an answer for it. And they got behind. And they got in an obvious passing situation, which personally, I've been in. It is almost impossible to come back in those scenarios when the team knows you have to throw it. And, and the Giants just aren't going to be built that way anyway. They're going to be a run-first team. So burn the tape. Translation, and Brian Dayball, we certainly hope you're listening. For, uh, as far as that game film goes from that loss to the Cowboys, don't teach it. Just light it. Torch it. Next game, Dolphins 36, Chargers 34 across the street at SoFi Stadium. David, in light of the Aaron Rodgers news, and in the face of what we saw from the Bills last night and the Patriots against the Eagles, albeit a Patriots team mm-hmm. that looks a little bit more uh, a little bit more threatening on offense, yeah. could the Dolphins be the team to beat in the AFC East? Are the Dolphins the team to beat in the AFC East? Yes, absolutely. To answer all those questions, I think I think that that division is obviously was going to be competitive. I think the Jets are still going to be competitive in that division, as we talked about. But I think we saw what the Patriots are going to be a better football team on offense, a team that went toe to toe with the Philadelphia Eagles. But Miami, man, that I see some clips from them where Tyreek's going in motion and he's blazing up the field at 20 yards and hits a big in cut. Who's supposed to stay with him? I don't understand how you cover that. And then Mike, is, he's done such a good job of tying all the shifts and motions in to create the matchups that he wants. So you can't double Tyreek because you got, you got Waddle out there flying around. And then on the other side, what I love is Vic Fangio. And I know Vic. I've known him for a long time. He's my defense coordinator in Houston. He, he's a guy that thinks he can predict the offenses play every time. He's not right every time, but he feels like he can. Vic Fangio, latter-day Tony Romo. He, he rolls the dice. Yeah, exactly. He rolls the dice at the right times to bring some pressure to, to stop the drive of Justin. He does, he does some good stuff. It's a great combination. It's a great pairing. They, are, they absolutely are the team to beat. Two has got to stay healthy. Uh, the only thing I get concerned about is that they're, they're so pass-happy and oriented, which I don't blame them. I'd do the same thing. I'd yeah. throw it every time with those guys. It's just keeping two on the field. That's all That's yeah. all I get worried about. A little bit imbalanced, for sure. Yeah, a little and bit imbalanced. Raheem Mostert, maybe use him. Yeah, and then the other thing is, too, like you're going to find out, like schematically, like you get tested with Bill, and they play this week, you know, and Bill Belichick has a unique way of kind of pushing, you know, pushing your buttons a little bit, you know. So if he doesn't have answers – 
there's going to be some free rushers. There's a guy that wears long red sleeves that plays for New England that can get after the quarterback a little bit. So let's see. It's going to be a good test. It'd be a good is that test Matthew Judon? It is. Matthew Judon is one of my favorite players in the league. He's just an absolute animal, and he's he's one of Bill's favorite chess pieces. So we'll see how they attack this. And I say that. I, I actually mean that. Defensively, they attack. You know, So we'll see how they attack this Miami team. Translation, Finns up, and potentially everybody else in that AFC East down. Yep. Next question, David, what's easier to get over as a player? A loss like the Chargers had, that two points at home loss in a game that they probably still feel they should have won, or the 40-zip drubbing that the Giants took in a game they were never in? Yeah, I think it's the Giants one. It's easier to get over. Yeah, I think so. You, you can just, just put that in the rearview mirror. That was terrible. Move on. Yeah, because I keep going back to what happened in the first quarter in that game, and everything went against you. And you find yourself in a position where it's just like this game, the teams are so evenly matched. And maybe you could argue that those two teams weren't evenly matched yet. But this league is so so much parity. Like if you aren't within a score or two, and it just gets so difficult to play offensive football, especially if you're a team that's going to be geared more towards running the ball, staying in manageable down distance. You know, what we saw over here in L.A., you know, with the Chargers, like there were things that we've seen before, you know, and I was kind of – messing with our friend Chase Daniel. It's like, we've seen this from your coach before. Some questionable decision-making and situations that end up getting you beat. Yeah. You know, and it happened again, yeah. week one. So is it going to be something that happens all year? I don't know, we'll see. Uh, poor Daniel Jones. He looked up from having done nothing wrong, and he was down 13-zip. Right? Right, he took the I mean. sack, but of course the sack was due to the snap. He right. kind of brought those guys down the field that first drive. It was great, first drive. You just watch that, you're like, oh, that'd be fine. And it ended up down 6-zip because right. of a blocked yeah, field yeah, goal. Yeah, so I, I think back. the Giants one's easier to get over. But there's some things that, like, if you're a player with the Chargers, there's gonna, there's gonna you're going to get questions. I'm, I'm asking my buddies, like, do we have the right guy making decisions for us? When, when crunch time happens. I don't know. Next game, Browns 24, Bengals 3. Bengals offense could get nothing going. Next question. What's the story of this one, David Carr? How Browns fans are feeling or how Bengals fans are reeling? Yeah, so we aren't surprised. Those of us that have done this all summer, we've talked about the Browns. You think their roster is one of the best, if not the best roster in the AFC North and certainly one of the best rosters in the NFL. I do. And the only question was, is Deshaun Watson going to be capable of playing how we've seen him play in the past? Because if he is, now you take a really good roster and you have an elite quarterback. What does that usually equal? I mean, that's a playoff That's run. wins. That's wins, right? Yeah. So then you see them beat up on a team where a quarterback just didn't play for the last month. Like he wasn't practicing. No. Like, I don't know. I don't care who you are. I don't care if Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, you got to play. You got to play the game. And if you don't, you're going to have rust. Timing, I don't care if you've known Jamar Chase since you were three. You're going to miss some throws. You're not going to be sharp, right? And so I'm not surprised by it. I think a lot of people probably were surprised by it. But I think that just shows kind of what we've been talking about. The Browns are a good football team. The quarterback's going to play good football. He's going to scramble, make some plays, and push the ball on the field. They have a lot of answers. Like matchup-wise, they're not in a lot of situations where they're in a deficient, like a deficient situation. You know, they're going to have the advantage in most scenarios. So even against the Bengals, who are a good team, but I, I think the Browns should be very happy with where they are right now. And then Cincinnati, don't panic. We've seen this before. We saw them kind of limp off the line last year, and where they end up, pretty good. Yeah. So last year it was an appendectomy. This year it's yeah. the calf issue. Uh, listener, I highly suggest you find the Peter King article based on our friends at Next Gen Stats numbers that they provided. Peter King kind of delineates just how Joe Burrow was, in fact, statistically, metrically, kind of provable, a step slower, in fact, two steps slower mm -hmm. in that game against the Browns. But for David Carr, the story of this 
is how good the Browns are and how good the Browns fans should be feeling. Enjoy it, Browns. You're 1-0. Next game, Niners 30, Steelers 7. Are the Niners the best team in the NFC? I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. I agree. Yep, I do. I think uh, if Brock Purdy's healthy in the Philly game last year, I think it's a different football game. And I, just based on the comments from the 49er guys in that locker room, they feel like it would have been a different game as well, if you remember those comments that came out. So I think you look at like Brandon Ayuk stepped up. He's playing better. They have so many they have so many options on the offensive side. And defensively, they're just solid everywhere. You know, and Brock Purdy, has he, has he lost a game when he's finished it? No, he hasn't. That's a mind-blowing stat for a guy that was picked where it he was. It is pretty astonishing. It's crazy, it? right? I mean, so... In games that Brock Purdy finishes, he does not lose. He doesn't lose the game. It's not a... It's not a subject. It's not an objective thing. It's a subjective thing. He has never lost a game he that, hasn't that he started and finished. So I think that the 49ers are in a fantastic position. I don't want to guess what happened. I don't want to throw anything out there in the world. But, but you get a sense that well, Kenny Pickett got rocked early a couple yes. times in that game, and I've been in that situation where you just don't think as clearly. And I'm not saying you're concussed. But man, you get rocked like that, and things can be a little bit slower. Changes your perception a little. Like bit. I can just, I'm just saying, like it wasn't the Kenny Pickett that we saw all the all the regulars no, or all the preseason. No, it wasn't. Um, I know that the Pittsburgh Steelers, their staff, I know they felt like they had a real chance to do something in that game. They didn't do it for whatever reason. I still think Pittsburgh's going to be a great football team. That'll be fun to watch them. But but the 49ers, let's not take away anything away from them. They're a great, they're a great team. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles definitely are on alert with them. The echo of me saying, I agree to you saying that the Niners are the best team in the NFC is, uh, is, is rattling around in my head uh, with shame. Eagles fans are like, oh, you do agree, Levy? You played soccer I'm at Wisconsin. Who cares what you think? Uh, but David Carr says that, yes, the Niners are, in they fact, are. Uh, the best team in the NFC. And obviously, Eagles, you're in the short list uh, just closely sure. behind. We will see where we go from here. Is it too early to even ask questions like this? Yes, but I have a job to do. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Next question.
question, bigger surprise, Rams dominating the Seahawks or Jordan Love taking over ownership of the Bears? Love throws the fade, Dobbs, leaping yeah. grab, left to the end zone, touchdown! Yeah, yeah that's, um, I well, it's, it's, there's a lot there in the Bears-Packers uh, game. I think that from a Chicago standpoint, I still have questions on what they're doing schematically on offense. So I'm not really surprised because I think that what LeFleur was able to do with Jordan was exactly what they had talked about doing is yes. really control yes. the moments that he's in. They did a great job throwing screens, utilizing the backs. Defensively, they're, I think we're going to find out they're a really good defensive team. So, so the bigger surprise is, in fact, the Rams yes. dominating the Seahawks. A lot of us yes. didn't see this coming. You didn't see it no, coming either. Cooper Cup's dealing with a hamstring in Minnesota. Two Who's rookie wide throw receivers. Two, two, two Everyone well and Puka Nakua. panics and goes to the waiver wire and tries to find these guys. Amazing. Can't even pronounce their names. But I, I kind of said it in our little text chain with, uh, with Chase and these guys. I'm like, I think Matt Stafford has five of the five best throws today. Like, you need to watch that guy. Like, he just has that ability. He's always had it since he's been in Detroit of just taking a game over with his right arm. Now he can get in trouble sometimes. Sure. But some of these throws are just, like, mind-boggling where he's throwing this ball. Like, he had, a like, a 20-yard out route. The outside guy clearing out the corner hadn't even done this job. Like, he's just getting pushed to the sideline. There's essentially four guys about 20 yards down the field on the sideline, and he drops it in the bucket. And I'm like, well, how do you defend that? You can't defend that. I don't care. Seattle, that's one of those things is like, what are you going to do? You can't do anything about it. So Matt's just going to make plays like that. And he made enough of them where he gave some Rams fans some hope. Translation, when you have number 99 on defense, Aaron Donald, potentially yeah, probably the best to ever too. do it. And when you have a quarterback with elite arm talent, right. as David Carr just reminded us, it doesn't actually matter some weeks if Cooper Cup isn't in the lineup. No Does disrespect it? to Cooper Cup. But guys like Tutu Atwell and guys like Puka Nakua, whether you can say their names or not, they're able to catch balls that are put directly <laughs> in the basket. That's right. Next question. What's the better plan? Getting prepped by a four-time MVP like Jordan Love was or getting reps for a bad team like Justin Fields was? Yeah, I've been in Justin Fields' situation, and I will take Jordan Love's scenario every time. And when I was younger— Sit I, and learn behind yeah, one of the Yeah, I wouldn't have said that it. when I was playing, and I don't think Justin would— if You, you would have made the argument if you were playing that, no— Coach, I need, I, I need I gotta reps play. on the field. Yeah, I got to play. Yeah. You know? But knowing what I know now, I mean, Justin would say the same thing if you asked him. You want to sit and watch a guy? No, I, I want to play. I, I want to learn. I want to get this thing figured out. But honestly, like if you can find yourself in a scenario where, they, where, where the Packers find themselves and a guy that was able to sit and watch Aaron do it for several years and then try to emulate him in an offensive system, that is clearly effective you know, with two solid running backs and some, and some, some good pieces up front and a great defense. You, you're, you're in a dream scenario. Because now you can control the environment. And that's what you see when you watch the Packers. They're really controlling you know, the, the moments that, that Jordan's able to have. On the other side, you look at Justin, and he's just in absolute panic mode. You know, we're going to show today on the, on the show, they have a corner blitz, and no one responds. Justin didn't respond. The receivers didn't respond. The right tackle didn't respond. And for me, that's a complete disaster because now you're sitting in there as a defensive coordinator, and you're like, oh, we're running that. And there's like five other scenarios in that game where that happened, where there was no response from the scheme and no response from the quarterback. And I, I, I don't want to put it on Justin because that stuff's taught. And that stuff's, I mean, that's, I've been in situations where they say, just buy some time. And that's the last thing you want to tell me from a veteran quarterback. You can tell a young guy that. 
You can tell Justin that because that corner blitz that I mentioned, he ended up making a spin out of it and getting a first down. But my goodness, are we going to live in that world all year for the Chicago Bears? That's a terrible place to be. He certainly hopes that they don't. As well, there's just so Moore. many times that I saw in that game, and you can go back and watch the just watch the short version on YouTube if you want. NFL uh, channel does a great job throwing like 12 minutes of the game. Literally, they were in like four or five times they had negative yardage plays on first or second down, and you just you just can't win. You can't win in that situation. And they were trying to they were hanging with them. They were with Green Bay for the first half. But at, at a certain point, it's like you can't you can't live in that world. You can't have negative plays like that. I mean, it's schema- it's literal schematic stuff, man. Simple stuff that you can clean up, but you got to have answers for it. Translation: Sometimes it's better to wait your turn yes. than to take your turn. Next question: Three first round draft pick quarterbacks started on Sunday. Three first round draft pick quarterbacks lost on Sunday. But which of the three feels best after taking that week one L? Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, or the number one overall pick, Bryce Young? Young from the shotgun. Fires into traffic, picked off by Bates. And the first turnover in the rookie's career. Okay, so we'll start with Bryce. I thought Bryce showed a lot of things that we've seen you know, from him on film in, at Alabama and the ability to kind of rip through progressions and find answers. But he still has, uh, he still feels like he has to create space to see. You know, and I've seen that with a lot of quarterbacks that are a little bit smaller, and that's kind of how he's always played. You just put yourself in bad situations. The offensive line doesn't necessarily know where you are all the time, and there's a there's a lack of a efficiency and effectiveness when you have to kind of buy time and bounce around to find throwing lanes. So that's something that they're going to have to work through. He does look like a natural, but you're saying that he is in a slightly unnatural position right now, having to find space behind. Yeah, that it's not line. efficient. It's not like balls out crispness and he's going to get better at that and they'll get better schematically at it but there's still what i was talking about last time we were here on the podcast is being being a series behind they're a series yes. behind when you watch them they're like oh we got to adjust to that then they'll adjust to it but now by that time the defense is doing something else so they're still trying to figure themselves out i think that bryce is going to be fine cj stroud at some points in that game i felt like he was maybe two or three series behind through yeah. ne- not necessarily any fault of his own no i i think i think that that was scheme i think that that's a young coordinator that was kind of in over his head that found himself in a situation where they didn't even have a lot of answers in the past game. They kept kind of going back to the same concepts and then you do that too many times, just wait, next week it's going to be worse. Can I infer from that then Anthony Richardson probably should feel better than the other two yes. after that week one L he did look pretty efficient, kind of exciting. He did yes. throw that pick. He uh, complained after the game, not complained, but you know, referenced after the gra- game that he hurt himself actually very early in that game. But um, he kind of looked the part, didn't he? He did. And so like, for me, Anthony Richardson has the most upside right now because I think that he's just going to do what, what we saw Jalen Hurts do with this same play caller is progressively get better. And like Colts, come on, let's, let's be realistic. You guys are probably not going to be a division champ this year, but you guys can have a quarterback that progressively gets better and learns from his mistakes and learns from the interception. But man, he's got some absolute juice behind that ball that he can he can squeeze into tight windows I think he actually when you look at him he's processing things really well for a young guy like he sees coverage really well he understands when he has to run he's got to protect himself obviously we saw that right you you got to take care of yourself I know that you're probably capable of running over everyone but man you just won't make it like the the guys in the NFL in this league they're just too good they're as big and strong as you and they're going to come up with especially if you show on film that I'm not really a guy that slides they're going to come try to take a shot, right? They're going to thump you. So that stuff adds up. And if it's not, 
If it's not the end of that game where he almost got knocked out, it's going to be soon. So just be smart when you slide. That's what Jalen was really good at. And hopefully they're pulling on some of that. And Shane's able to kind of pull on some of that and say, look at Jalen slide here. Look at him just get out of bounds here. Like, just get the yardage you need and let's be safe about this thing so we can be available for the next play. But I like what I saw from Anthony. Last topic, we'll call it Oh Brother. Car, pump fakes, and then throws deep wide open. 35, 40, 45, 50. Finally knocked out of bounds. Boy, the double pump by Derek Carr just opened up Chris Olave. Saints 16, Titans 15, closer than we thought it would be. Yes. Closer than Derek Carr likely hoped it would be. Yes. But the W on the record isn't any smaller. If the game is won by a small margin, David Carr, what is your scouting report on Lil Bro in black and gold? Well, it's always nice when, um, as the A-team likes to say, a plan comes together. And so when you look at the Saints, although it was a, it was a narrow victory, you look at the defense and you say, yep, check. That's who we thought they were going to be, an elite group that can take the football away. And you look at the offensive side, Michael Thomas was involved. Rashid Shahid on the last drive involved, right? Olave, big time day. He's only going to get better. You know, you'll add Alvin in a couple weeks. The offensive line in the first half was struggling with that front. Tennessee is a viable front. Like that, that front four can get after you and can make you look bad. And they were able to schematically with Pete and Derek made some adjustments at halftime, which were brilliant. Utilize the chips without losing the pass concepts. And they were able to protect him long enough so he could get some throws off down the field. So, like, you look through the the junk, which was, like, some of these teams didn't score a 10 points in the game. Some of these really good football teams. But they were able to battle through some adversity with the offensive line. Penning was making his first start at tackle. It wasn't great for him. But they were able to kind of work through that without any, like, just massive blow-up scenarios, strip sacks, or anything bad. And they found a way to win a football game. So I think great job for the Saints. And they're going to get better on offense. They're going to find out what they can do schematically to kind of even protect that offensive line, that young guy first, um, and push the ball on the field. The run game will improve as well as that goes. But I loved what I saw. I love that Michael Thomas was featured early. He obviously, as Derek said to me, I said, what about Michael Thomas? He's like, I only know the Michael Thomas that I see on the field, and he's amazing. Right, and that's kind of what we all got to see is the Michael Thomas that we come to expect. Look, you cannot fight the numbers. The numbers were good, 23 for 33, 305 yards, one touchdown. He did have the one pick. The one big concern for me, the four sacks. Are you worried about that? Yeah, they'll clean it up schematically, and they gotta get better, obviously, but in one-on-one -on -one situations, Sometimes you're going to get beat. They got a good front with Tennessee, but schematically they'll have answers as they go forward and still be able to keep the past concepts intact. Next week they have Carolina Monday night in Carolina. Uh, great question. <laughs> Listener, will you get will you get to a game? Uh, will you get yeah, to a game this year? I'm going to get to probably three games. Yeah. Were mom and dad at the game last night? Mom and dad night? were there. It was great. Two nights, what, was it two nights ago. Drew Brees on the sideline. My dad, he's like, hey, look, I'm with him. This is Drew Brees. I'm like, yeah, dad's great. <laughs> Derek's about to play. Can we can we watch the game? Oh, stop dropping. It was games. great. Drew's great. I want to thank today's special guest, David Carr, and I want to invite you to join us next time when Michael Robinson joins the pod and gives us a primer for the best matchups of week two in the NFL. That's team versus team, but also man versus man. Interesting analysis coming your way. That's next time. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 